are the Mystery History Podcast. I'm Allison. And I'm Rachel. Welcome to episode 72 on the Fox Hollow Farm and the I-70 Killer. Ooh. Ooh. Like a twofer. Yeah, it is. Yeah. (laughs) We didn't even know it was a twofer, but it's a twofer. Surprise to all of us. (laughs) So before we get into the topic this week, we have a few things to talk about business-wise. First, we want to shout out Jeremy again for the rad picks he's been dropping uh, for us to display. He's the bomb.com. We're we're just going to shout him out until the end of time. Yeah, because he's amazing. And we are so thankful for him because we don't know how to do that stuff. No, and his ideas are so cool. Every time he's like, is this okay? And we're like, are you kidding? This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Where did you get that idea from? Because we're loving it. We're loving it. And we hope it. you we hope you love it. Um, yeah. And you can find him on Instagram at rusthate77. Give him some love. Give him a follow and just tell him how awesome he is because he's awesome. He is. We got something super exciting. Yay. Just for you, Rachel. I am so excited. Mr. Elias um, left us a voice message on Anchor, and you can uh, leave a voicemail on, on Anchor as well. But we are going to play Mr. Elias's message. The, cu- the beginning kind of got cut off a little bit, so just bear with us on, on the quality of it. But we appreciate Mr. Elias, and here is his message. Uh, have really enjoyed listening to you and Allison here on History Mysteries podcast. Uh, it is nice when two best friends get to sit and discuss their favorite topics. The banter and camaraderie that you two share uh, really make this show a success. I really enjoy listening to both of you and are looking forward to the next episode. Have a wonderful day. Awesome. Thank you, Mr. Lies, so much for leaving us Thank that message. Thank you. We love that. It makes me so happy to get a voice message. And I just love hearing that other people are enjoying us talking about these topics. And I don't know. I'm super excited. It's made now you're in the week. club. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> we also got a five-star review on um, Apple Podcasts. That's the only place, and I hate that, but it's the only place that you can actually like leave comments and reviews can't do it on Spotify or anywhere else. So that's kind of a bummer, but um, we got a five-star review from Carolina girl, 2018. She said, awesome. You guys make these topics interesting and fun. So I love that. Thank yeah. you. Carolina yes. girl, 2018. <laughs> thank you. Thank I, you. Well, I just love that you're, they are able to leave comments with it too. Cause that makes yeah. the, the ratings even more fun. Yeah, because we don't, I mean, because we like to see, it's hard to see because you kind of have to keep an eye on the number of ratings that you have. So like right now we have 97 ratings and we've got a good amount of comments on on there. Luckily, most of them are really good. We haven't really gotten anything negative. Uh, we have gotten some one-star reviews. However, nobody said anything, which that's fine. If you want to leave us a one-star review, don't <laughs> tell us nothing. <laughs> We don't want to know to yourself, (laughs) right? We're all about the positivity over here. Um, but, but if you leave a five star rating and you don't comment, it's harder for us to see who that is. So, um, so the comments are nice, even if it's just like a thumbs up emoji. I mean, it doesn't have to be thought provoking. We just, Mm -hmm. 
we just enjoy knowing that people are enjoying what we're putting yeah, out shouting them out That's yeah nice to be able to do that so that always brings us into the segue of like share subscribe um you know with a podcast we do this for free we do this because we enjoy it we hope you enjoy it um and liking sharing and subscribing tell a buddy bring a friend to the podcast as a way to help us out mm-hmm. love it website is still back up merch is still available i actually learned how to do more merch um so we're going to be working on some new stuff i know summer is kind of over but i'm really into tank tops i don't know if anybody else is really into tank tops like all year round in my house sun's out guns out always i'm ready for some hoodies hey we have those we have those you have those i know we have those and they're super comfortable. They're really made. I have a sweater um, that says mystery history on it. It's so comfy. I love it. But anyway, we're, we're going to be adding some more things here shortly, but uh, we got some good things out there. Now you can find it on our website, mysteryhistorypodcast.com. There's also a link there to our Patreon page where we have two tiers, a $2 tier and a $5 tier right now. If you join, we will send you out a free sticker. And the days we're going to run out of stickers. So y'all better hurry up. And they are, um, yeah, they are. What's the word when they're special, awesome, super sweet, (laughs) like a once in a lifetime deal. And Uh, yeah, limited, limited, limited. That's good. That's I like mine kind of better. Extremely limited once in a lifetime deal. Hurry up, sign up now. Correct. Yes. And we'll be, you know, giving them out for, for special things. We do, um, giveaways and stuff like that. So we'll probably, um, do a giveaway here shortly. We just got to work up the deets for that Mm -hmm. on our website. Also, you can find our discord link, uh, since our website's back up, I changed the link on our Instagram back to the website. So if you click on the website, you can get your discord link, join the conversation people. You've posted a couple of things I, I did. on there and, and commented on a couple of things also. So I'm, I'm currently watching clickbait on. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so good. I just saw something about that. Oh, like, I'm uh, on episode four. After this, so I'm watching like, the rest of them. Is it scary? <laughs> it's just interesting. Like it's a whodunit, so to speak. It's not necessarily scary. It's just like who, what is happening? Is it like Saw? Because it kind of looked like Saw. Kind of. Yeah. So the premise, I can tell you the premise. I won't give any details away, but it's this family. And then the next day he's supposed to be at work. And there's a video that's posted that at 5 million views on like YouTube, you know, you die, he's going to die. And Mm -hmm. the, the sign says that he abuses women. And everybody's like, what are you talking about? He seems like such an upstanding member of society. And you, you don't really know. So hmm. is it, are they going to hit? What? The twisty and turny. Yeah. Are they going to hit 5 million views? You don't know. You need to watch. Hmm. Hmm. How's hmm. that for a cliffhanger? That's a good cliffhanger. Got to check it out. One more thing I just got to plug real quick. They don't pay me, but they should. <laughs> So Peacock, get at me. But there, there is a um, documentary that's on Peacock that's a monster. Oh, 
a monster among us, I believe is the title. And it goes into this girl's disappearance. Um, and it, it has a lot of twists and turns too. And that is like a documentary that is a real life thing. And we will probably be doing a story on her at some point. Um, but it is, it's insane. And it's in season one. So I'm hoping that that means that there's a second season. Um, Cause I, I think it's like a limited series. So I think there's like six episodes, I want to say. And I watched that all in one night. Really? Yeah, like I couldn't stop. I had to keep going. I cannot wait until my kids are a little bit older so I can spend a little bit more time watching things and You'll get reading there. things. I know. Well, we're in like the super thick of it right now. And like yeah. work's been crazy. So I haven't watched anything. And my husband's got me reading some like, there's three books to this series and it's like a space opera or something. Oh my, he, that sounds he told terrible. Me it was like, <laughs> he told me it was like Firefly, um, but I forget what the series is called. I think they're making a movie out of it. So he wanted to read it together and he doesn't read. So yeah. I was like, all right, let's do it. Let's get this boy educated a little bit. I'm just excited he wants to read. So mm-hmm. tied up into that right now. Um, but yeah. That's what well, I'm spending my free time on. <laughs> you need to get up, get up on your uh, documentary game because there's some good ones out there. I've got Peacock too. Man, we pay for like freaking everything and I don't get to watch anything. <laughs> oh man, there's so many good things. I'm kind of running out and I'm like, okay, what other streaming service can I get? Because, and, and all of them have really good like Peacock created yeah. or Netflix, you know, original and they're really good. They're all great. Yeah. That's how they so. get you. All right. We'll wrap this up here for the business. We have one more thing. Just a reminder. We have a meetup, guys. Come with us. Come with us. <laughs> if you guys Goodbye. are if you guys are within Galleon, Ohio, it's about two hours away from us. Um, it, we are going to Brownella Cottage. It's supposed to be one of the most haunted locations in Ohio. And it's investigated by a lot of people that have experience you know, experiences there. They have their own equipment that we can rent out and use. It's a six to eight hour investigation. We'll all be together and scared. And I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I've never like, done that. Yeah. Well, never used I, it. But I'm excited. Never used an EVP detector. It's funny. It's funny because I'm afraid of haunted houses and, you know, every time you make me go to that stuff, I'm like, I don't want to be here and I don't want to do this. And I get so scared, but I like, I'm excited about this and I'm not really scared. This will be, I'm opposite. Like, <laughs> like, I don't like chainsaws, but I know that you're not going to really murder me. However, in here we could be murdered. Yeah. We're Probably not a good a selling good tactic. Act. I don't know what poltergeists do. They could do whatever. Unlikely that we're going to be murdered. (laughs) But if you too want to be murdered, come with us. Okay. Um, (laughs) That is not how you get people to come with us. (laughs) It is October 16th, 2021. Um, We're going to be meeting up around 5 p.m. We also, um, Ohio State Reformatory is very close to there. We're planning on visiting that and doing a self-guided tour um, I've been there before. Rachel has not. And it's, oh, you could go there 50,000 times and see something new that you didn't see the last time. It's that huge. So um, please let us know. Send us an email. Send us a message on Facebook or Instagram. Let us know. Space is limited. 
Um, and we've already got a couple people and I'm so stoked about this. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. We're going to have so much fun. We are. So you should be there. You should be there too. That's right. All right. Anything else for the business? I don't think so. Okay. I think that covers it. All right. You want to get us started with Fox All Hollow right. Farm? Let's talk about it. So Fox Hollow Farm is an 11,000 square foot Tudor style house that sits on 18 acres of green pastures in Westfield, Indiana. It's a lot of acres. That is. Oh, think about mowing. I think nobody's mowing that. There's got to be trees there. I could get like goats. Think about how far away all the other houses probably are. At least I would think. So this farm was bought by Herb. 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 (laughs) Sorry, that was probably really loud. (laughs) Working with some very unstable herbs. (laughs) Herb and Juliana Ballmeister in 1991. And that is where the trouble began. Herbert Ballmeister was born in Indianapolis, Indiana, and was the oldest of four children born to Herbert and Elizabeth Ballmeister. His childhood was known to be ordinary, but he began showing signs of antisocial behavior by the time he reached adolescence. He would play with dead animals, and on one occasion, he peed on his teacher's desk (laughs) and told his friends that he was curious about what urine tasted like. I feel like we say a lot, he had an ordinary childhood, but then he did all this crazy shit. Pissed on his teacher's desk and played with dead animals. Like, I don't know about you, but I didn't do that. That is not ordinary at all. We had ordinary childhoods. Yeah. He was crazy from jump. Yeah. This is not ordinary. But I think it's so funny because every time it says (laughs) that and then you're just like normal family life. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know. Define that. In his teens, Baumeister was diagnosed with schizophrenia, so that explains some of that, but did not receive further psychiatric treatment. So he was diagnosed with it, but that was it. They're like, you've got schizophrenia. Have Ah, I guess. I think that was more the parents that didn't take him for further treatment. Hmm. Yeah, that would make sense. In 1965, Baumeister attended Indiana University for a semester before he dropped out. He dropped out, then returned in 1967. And then in 1972, he did a semester at Butler University. As an adult, Baumeister would jump from job to job. He was said to have a strong work ethic, but had some odd behaviors. While employed with the Bureau of Motor Vehicles, Herb peed on a letter to the state governor and was fired for the offense. So that's pretty ballsy. He likes to pee on stuff. I don't know. I mean, I feel like if I had a wiener, I would like to pee on stuff also. Oh, yeah. I'd be writing my name on walls all day (laughs) long. Yeah. I would only pee outside, but not on desks and on letters. And the governors. Like, that's not good. Yeah, strange. In November 1971, Baumeister married Juliana, she goes by Julie, uh, Sater, and they had three children. Later, Julie would say that they had only had been sexually intimate only six times during their 25-year marriage. So they got really lucky. Yeah. That's like, you're tracking your cycles. Good girl. Get it. 
or you're like super fertile. <laughs> yeah. And it was bad luck three times. Right. Either way. In the, in the 70s, Baumeister was committed to a psychiatric hospital by his father. Um, his wife had said that he was hurting and needed help. Okay. By his father? So he was a grown man and his father committed him? Yes. I didn't realize that you were able to do that after you were an adult. I mean, I think that they have to, the person you're committing has to like be okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or they can like sign themselves out after like a watch of some sort. I believe, I don't know. Um, don't quote me on that, but I feel like that's right. Yeah. I feel like you can't just say like this person needs psychiatric help either they have to agree to it or maybe it's like court ordered or something mm-hmm. so that makes more sense he must have been agreed um Baumeister went on to found the successful save a lot thrift store chain is that a chain that we have we do we have a save a lot yes it's not a thrift store but yes we have a save a lot so that's different yeah. right well, okay. I think that they, I think that they eventually like branched into the save a lot store that we know, I believe. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, store chain that had two stores in total in Indianapolis in 1988, this great success led him to buy Fox hollow farm, which was a million dollar estate. So successful. Yeah. What a guy for peeing on peeing stuff on things. <laughs> Maybe that's what we did wrong. <laughs> That must have been it. The Baumeisters were known throughout their community for their charitable ways, frequently donating to organizations to help the needy. All in all, it seems like they're, you know, the ordinary family. Outside of the peeing on things, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the psychiatric hold situation. That doesn't yeah. normally yeah. happen. But I mean, that doesn't that doesn't have to be an indicator of anything nefarious. Correct. So but- the deb band animals would yeah. be a flag. But that was that was a while ago and at this point. Uh-huh. We'll see where that goes. Herb did an interview with the local news about the transportation department and their lousy work of not removing dead animals from the road before they painted new lines. He was quoted in the video as saying, The poor thing deserved a better fate than that. He actually took a picture of the raccoon with paint sprayed on it, and we all know he liked messing around with dead animals as a child. The news had no way of knowing they were interviewing a very dangerous man. This is the only interview recorded of Herb. So very interesting that the only video or the only interview recorded of him is him sticking up for the dead animals. Yeah. When and- he played with them. <laughs> So when we were getting ready to record, I was finishing up the notes and I attached a picture of this dead raccoon with paint lines and Evie, my seven-year-old came up behind me and she's like, what is that? I'm like, oh, it's a, it's a dead raccoon. She's like, why do you have that on your computer? And I'm like, it's my notes, honey. And then I like scrolled up real quick. Like, don't, don't look at the dead raccoon. You have bad luck with the computer situation. Your daughter really thinks do. you're the dead animals. The maintenance guys think you're Nazi. I know it's <laughs> bad. I need to lock my computer at all times when anybody could be around. Right. 
All right. So by the early 90s, investigators with the Marion County Sheriff's Department and the Indianapolis Police Department began investigating the disappearances of gay men of similar age, height, and weight in the Indianapolis area. In 1992, and I found, I had to go to a lot of different websites to like find everything and kind of compile it. Um, So there's some conflicting dates here, but Somewhere in between 1992 and 1993, they were contacted by a man named Tony Harris, claiming that there was a guy at a gay bar calling himself Brian Smart, and that he had killed friends of his and attempted to kill him with a pull hose while participating in autoerotic asphyxiation. He told investigators and private detective Virgil Van Griff that the two had met at a gay bar and had spent most of the night, you know, chit-chatting and drinking. Smart um, invited him to go to his employer's home because he was supposedly living there while doing construction work. Tony agreed and Smart took Tony in a car with an Ohio license plate and drove north but it was really hard for Tony to try to remember exactly where they were because it was dark. He was drunk um, and he didn't spend much time in the North end of Indianapolis. So smart had led him into the pool area and he instantly felt uncomfortable. He said that there were mannequins all around the pool, which is weird. I don't like that. That would make me uncomfortable too. Yeah. Um, Smart offered him a drink, which he turned down. He had asked Tony if he had ever tried erotic asphyxiation before and if he would like to try it. Tony had said that Smart was really hyped up, like he was on Coke or something, like, and he didn't want to anger him, so he went ahead and agreed to it. Don't do that. If you yeah, feel that, weird, get out. Right. That sounds like the opposite of what yeah. you would want to do. I mean, I get not wanting to anger him, but maybe being like, I'm not into that poop. <laughs> right. right. How about that drink First. and then run? <laughs> right. Like get out of there. Not so okay. with, with the hose, Tony choked smart first while he masturbated. Then they swapped positions and Tony felt the hose getting tighter and tighter around his neck with no sign of him stopping. This is when Tony realized that he was trying to kill him. So he pretended to pass out and immediately the hose loosened When Tony opened his eyes, Smart was shocked because he thought that he had killed him. So now just this last part is shocking to me. (laughs) So after he wakes up from apparently being dead, Smart and Tony get back in the car and he drives him back to Indianapolis. Smart suggests the two of them meet up the following week. But when the time came, Smart never showed up. because Smart never showed up? No, because Tony was going to meet him so that he could ID him for the police. Oh, but, okay. But he like, didn't. Tony, come yeah, on. <laughs> but he didn't. He didn't show up. And fun fact here: autoerotic asphyxia. Whenever I was in high school, I took a psychology test or test class, and we all had to do like different disorders. Guess who got autoerotic asphyxia? This girl. Why was that something to do in high school? I don't know, but I couldn't say masturbate in class. Yeah. Yeah, And penis. And, and you can't research that in high school on the computers. No, that's not safe. And yeah, not cool. 
like to see this report. Whose I class bet. was that for? I can't. Mr. D. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, Social studies yeah. also. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's how I learned how so the uh, guy from NXS, he also died from autoerotic yeah. asphyxia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a I'll dangerous never forget it. Uh, pastime. <laughs> it really is. You got to make sure you have a spotter. Yeah. Don't do it by yourself. Don't And don't do it with murderers either. Like, that's yeah. not good. It's like an easy setup for them. It really is. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. I can't believe that they made you do a report on that in high school. That seems... Well, of course, Sketch. they were all list, listed, and then we picked out of the hat, and I'm like, please don't be this, please don't be oh, this, and there it is, autoerotic asphyxia. Did you have to read the reports out loud? Yes, we had to stand in the front of the class, and I'm like, I'm not looking at anybody whenever I say masturbate. Like, I don't want this. Is it recorded somewhere? Maybe. Yeah. I don't think so, but man. That is my favorite. I did not know this story. How did we not talk about this? And I that think I was so a funny. junior, but I'll never forget autoerotic asphyxia. I know everything I, there is to know. Yeah. Trauma, childhood trauma surrounding that for you. That. that is hilarious. So in 1994, 13-year-old Eric Baumeister was playing in the woods on his family's property when he discovered a human skull that he showed his mother. Suspect. The two went back out to the woods so Eric could show her where he found the skull, which led to the discovery of more bones. Julie told Herb about their discovery, and he informed her they were from a medical school skeleton that once belonged to his father. Herb never explained why or how the skeleton was in their backyard, and Julie didn't think to question him on it. Dumb. Julie, you're dumb. Come on, Julie. Come on. I can't even imagine, like... I mean, I don't think my husband husband is suspect, but if I found like a skull and bones in the backyard, I'd be calling someone. Yeah, like the police and be like, I need yeah, you to verify this. Right. Like this I don't like something. Like he said it's from a medical student thing from <laughs> like I need you to do DNA life. analysis. Yeah, sort this out for me. That's canvas that's the property. Insane. And like not to question it at all. Like that's weird. Oh, Julie. Yeah, not all right. So two years later, Tony Harris, the guy we talked about before, auto autoerotic asphyxia guy, saw the man who tried to strangle him again in August 1995. So he saw him, he ran outside, and he followed his car and wrote down the license plate number. Good job, Tony. That's awesome. That is amazing. Yeah. And two years later, like, and I guess if you get strangled by somebody, you'll never forget their face. I mean, that's awesome that he could remember that long, what exactly his face looked like. Yeah. And in like Indianapolis, like there's so many people there. Yeah. So running into somebody. Right. So from this data, the police were able to identify Brian Smart as Herb Baumeister. Good that's job, amazing tony yeah, yeah i mean that is amazing yep that's insane so police approached Baumeister and told him he had been a suspect in disappearances and asked if they could search his house 
Baumeister and Julie refused to allow them search to search the property, and because they did not have enough evidence, they were unable to obtain a search warrant. They later went to Julie's work and informed her of her husband's activities regarding his many visits to local gay bars and told her about the missing men in the area. They told her they believed her husband was responsible. She told investigators that they had the wrong guy and told her husband about the conversation. Herb denied all of it and said he had nothing to do with it. Like you do when you're suspected for murder. Well, yeah. He's not going to be like, it was me. So you guys got me. She must really, though, like, believe him because I feel like that would scare me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I would like to... I would like to think I'd be able to know if the person I have built my life with was like doing shady shit like that. But I guess I would probably tell my husband too, that the cops were like saying that stuff to me. Well, I would say, and this is easy for me to say, cause I've never been in that situation, but I would tell my husband, the cops said this, what are you saying? And, and the thing about it too, like for Julie and love, you know, has, you have rose colored glasses on, you got blinders on, you can only see what's right in front of you. It's always different whenever it's hindsight. However, with the issues before of him and his psychiatric issues, um, and they've only had sex six times. I just remember that, like, yeah, like that lines up. Yeah. And even if it wasn't like that, he murdered somebody, but maybe he was gay the whole time. And that's why they only had time. I mean, there, there's something there that doesn't constitute a a regular marriage, but, and two, something that I didn't add in the notes is that they would go on vacation to like a uh, cottage that they had on the water. Um, And Herb would a lot of the times stay at home saying he had to work. So there was a lot of times whenever the family was not at the property at Fox Hollow Farm where he had free reign of everything. So Mm -hmm. just those kind of things like add up to this could be who's doing this. Right. And not to question it and to just go straight to him. Right. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, by June 1996, Julie had finally became frightened of Herb's behavior And the skeleton that her son found in the backyard, I mean, that there, I mean, is enough after the police tell you that he's killing people and then you find a a skull, she could not get that image out of her mind. She tried, she couldn't. So she ended up filing for divorce. And whenever she did, she gave the police okay to search the property. Uh. Yeah, this is the, the final nail in his coffin so the search of the 18 acre estate was searched while herb was out away on vacation and it's also odd that like they i guess now that they're kind of divorced it makes sense but that they would kind of vacation not with each other um but he went on vacation the police came and searched the property and they found 11 men and their remains eight of whom were identified Most of the bodies that they found were 50 feet away from the house and they were burnt and scattered. So it wasn't like a whole body just laying there. There were like 5,000 bone fragments that they found. Oh my gosh. And out of those 5,000, they were able to identify 11 men. Um, The victims 
were that were able to be identified were Manuel Resendez, Alan Broussard, Jeff Jones, Richard Hamilton, Stephen Hale, Roger Goodlett, Mike Kieran, and Johnny Bayer. They were all found on the property. And could you imagine, like Julie, like how you would feel at that moment, <laughs> knowing yeah, that, knowing that there's been mm-hmm. like eleven bodies scattered 50 feet away from your house where and and I would assume a lot of guilt like I would have a lot of guilt not that it's her fault it's not her fault but the guilt of like if I would have picked up on these things earlier maybe it wouldn't have been so many but yeah I mean that's crazy how do you I would love to see what that looks like because well not like for I would love to see what that looks like because how do you not notice that right like 5,000 bone fragments around like what were they mixed in with something that looked like bone fragments well and I feel like you would notice that well I watched a video of the so he had a burn pit but I would assume he would have to cut up the bodies somewhere but he had a burn pit that he would throw them in and then he would kind of just scatter the ashes of the burn pit around the woods so I don't think he really like he didn't bury anything he just kind of scattered that's what I mean like wouldn't you notice bone fragments somewhere on your property that like I don't know well well, I need to know if they had a dog I want to know if they had a dog because I feel like if they had a dog dog would be all over they wouldn't be bringing it in the house a femur you know whatever I just it just is crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, that is insane to just not like be aware of that. It was that's just very interesting. All right. Um, so on July 3rd, 1996, with a warrant out for his arrest, Herb fled to Ontario, where he committed suicide at Pinery Provincial Park on Lake Huron by shooting himself in the head. His body was found eight days later by hikers in Pinery Provincial Park, and beside his body was a three-page suicide note describing his failing marriage and business as a reason for killing himself, and a 357 Magnum revolver. The Save-A-Lot stores weren't doing well, and it got him into a tremendous amount of debt. He did not confess to the murders of the men found in the backyard. So did he know there was a warrant out for his arrest? I would assume so. I I would assume. Yes, because this is a month. So June she filed for divorce and let him Oh, so he was And then in July. Right. I think in the notes that I read it said that he had gone to his mother's house and so I don't know if he had stayed there for a month and I'm sure he saw the news the and things like that. Yeah. But, and that's why like this case is so interesting because he killed himself so early after finding the bodies, we have no information on why he did this, you know, how long he'd been doing it, where, who the other men were that were found. Like there's no closure for anybody. Not that it would make it better. There's just no closure to, to who else it could be, or if there were more that he didn't bury there. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. So two years after Herb killed himself, police connected him to killing nine other men, 
goodness. Yeah. So he was busy, like busy. Yeah. And their bodies were found in rural areas along the corridor of Interstate 70 between Indianapolis and Columbus, Ohio. Oh, and, you mean where we live? Yes. And that's between 1980 and 1990. So a 10-year span. All of the victims were half-dressed, and most of them died by strangulation, which is how he killed everybody else. Mm-hmm. All, all of the nine men were from Indianapolis. So even if they found him in Columbus, Ohio, they were from Indianapolis where he lived. And um, most of them were gay. One eyewitness identified Herb as the man seen leaving a bar in 1983 with Michael Riley, who was later found dead. Like the other victims, Riley was strangled to death and disposed of semi-naked in a river. The police dubbed the killer the I-70 killer or the interstate strangler. It's crazy it took them two years after they like had found that he had been guilty of killing those other people that he was responsible for these other ones. Yeah. Well, and there was, but I could understand almost because there was such a span of area, you oh, know, yeah. like hard I mean, to draw the dots together for sure. Yeah. yeah yep. it makes, I mean, it makes sense, but it's just interesting that then they were able to um, identify them. So by 1991, bodies had stopped turning up on I-70, which coincides with Herb's move to Fox Hollow Farm. So that kind of explains that. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I still wonder though, like exactly how they linked all those other murders to him two years later. I don't know if DNA evidence or I, I don't know, yeah, because in the eighties, I would assume that it wasn't as great as it was at collecting the kind of evidence that we would need later to connect. Correct. And I don't know when, when the eyewitness 1983. Well, yeah. So it was still a while, but they do have a police sketch and they have, we have a reward of $22,000 for any information And the sketch. eh, It's pretty, pretty close. (laughs) I mean, mean, it's not bad. And most of these pictures are older. Yeah, right. Yeah. The haircut's different, but I mean, I see, I see a resemblance there for sure. Especially the one on the left. The one on the right is yeah. kind of funk. Kind of freaky like an alien. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that one, but the one on the left, I definitely see a resemblance too. Yep. Sad. Mm-hmm. Very. So in an article uh, by Robert Harrington in 2012, there's a story from the current owners of Fox Hollow Farm and their experiences. So in May of 2009, Rob Graves and his wife Vicki purchased Fox Hollow Farm. Even though they're skeptics, they have seen some strange activity that can't be explained. Vicki has seen a guy walking in the woods with a red shirt, but with no legs twice. Yeah. That'd be creepy. That would be creepy. I could just imagine it. On a cold yeah, night with fog all around the woods, and you just see this guy out there with a red yeah. shirt on. And to be able to see that he's like in a red shirt, like it must be pretty clear. Yeah. So they decided to call a paranormal group that was out on the farm a year before his family moved in. And the investigator told him he lived in the most haunted house in Indiana. Not a good one. I don't 
true. Isn't there, there's something else that's the most haunted house in Indiana. Well, that's Zach Baggins owns that, doesn't he? I think so. I forget what that house is though. Yeah, I forget what the name of it is. It might be torn down though. Am I wrong? No, he bought it and he did an investigation, but you might be right. Maybe after that, maybe he had it torn down. I, don't I, I watched the documentary. We watched it together and I fell asleep. Okay. Typical. I've watched the entire thing, I'm sure. <laughs> and then turned the TV off and then fell asleep. <laughs> so this investigator that told him he lived in the most haunted house in Indiana also then described the same guy that his wife had seen with a red shirt and no legs. And this was before they said anything about what the white had wife had seen so he just described exactly what his wife had seen and they did not there was no corroboration that gave me goosebumps yeah i don't like that (laughs) i don't like that (laughs) okay either so other strange occurrences take place in the basement rob said that the vacuum is unplugged even though there's more than enough length on the cord he, they even bought an extension cord to plug into that cord to make sure that they had enough room. So he's said that he even has to say out loud sometimes, stop unplugging the sweeper. I need to sweep. And then the unplugging finally stops. I mean, I could imagine how frustrating that is because have you ever pulled it out on accident? Yeah, and you're like, I would Damn straight it. throw my vacuum cleaner out the house <laughs> if it was happening when there was plenty of room left. Yeah. Be like, I guess we just need to live in a dirty house then, you ghosts. Right. Sons of bitches. This is the life choice that they're making for you. <laughs> Uh, So Joe LeBlanc, who rents an apartment on the property and the farm's in-law quarters, has also experienced some weird activity. He said that he has had his door kicked in. Yikes. Knocking in the middle of the night, dead bolted doors opening, and items moving overnight. LeBlanc also claims to have seen the red shirt man, among other spirits. So who is this red shirt man? I don't know. And I would love to know because I'm sure it's one of the victims. And like, is he, is he trying to show us where his body is? Like, mm-hmm. is, I don't know. That's, Maybe. It's just so sad. It, that is really sad. And there's so many people that died there. It'd be so hard to determine like who Who's who? spirit that is. But like. And be able to put them back together so that you can like put them to rest. Oh, yeah. Okay. So. So in the main house, Rob states that there are places in the house that his wife doesn't like to go. One spot being Rob's bathroom, which psychics have described as being a portal for spirits to come and go. Mm-mm. I wouldn't want a portal in my house. No. Um, Rob says there, this is his, him saying it, this is in quotes. There are souls that have not moved on because so many were unidentified. They hadn't had any closure. He said that it's not a demonic thing. So he doesn't feel any like negative entities. It's just stop him plugging his vacuum. Mm -hmm. You know, he's got to sweep. Right. Despite all of the activity they have experienced, they have no plans to move. They love the property and want to change the dynamics of what it was. They knew the history of the house before purchasing the home, but Rob rarely thinks about what occurred almost two decades ago. I don't know how that's possible. I don't really know how that's possible either when you have so much activity and you've seen 
a spirit out on your land like I don't know I mean I get I get the idea of wanting to like change the vibe of a place though you know yeah yeah and that's great that somebody has is living there with an open mind to it and is wanting because it is a very beautiful property it's gorgeous um but yeah it, it would be hard to just do the day-to-day things if they keep messing with your shit yeah you know? I, wonder, like, I wonder what all they've done like if they've gone out to like pay respects and i'm sure they have yeah i mean I don't know. That's just, I mean, it's a very sad situation. That's a lot of lives lost. And then so many people that are still unidentified. Mm-hmm. It makes sense that there would be activity. For six months in 2011, Hall and his, oh, I'm sorry. The, the story of what has taken place at Fox Hollow Farm has caught the eye of Indianapolis director Dan T. Hall. For six months in 2011, him and his paranormal investigation team, which include, let me list all these for you. It's a doozy. Psychics, crime scene investigators, a demonologist, an EVP phenomenon and visual specialist. All those folks investigated. EVP phenomenon. Come on. Oh, <laughs> you're right. EVP specialist. specialist. <laughs> <laughs> My bad, guys. Um, they investigated the 18 acre estate for a movie called the haunting of Fox hollow farm, which was actually the sixth paranormal documentary by hall, but it was the most intense because they had to spend freaking six months there. That's a he lot said, of people to be there too. Well, in 18 acres, I mean, dang, I wonder if they room. set up tents, but they he said that typically whenever they do a haunted location they spend like a few days or a weekend there but they really wanted to find closure for the victims Mm -hmm. that's cool so the goal of the documentary was to find answers for people that were living using the tools and methods available including ground penetrating radar there was no script and the story was told by the investigators Hall said that the goal was to help families find closure, try to find some evidence so that they were able to figure it all out. Rob states that the whole story was swept under the rug. Herb purposely picked people that wouldn't be missed. He was a master manipulator. That's why he got away with it. That was a quote. Which could be true because, I mean, gay people, unfortunately, have had quite the stigma, especially in the 80s of, you know, and the police didn't take it seriously whenever all of those folks went missing so it's, yeah. it's just sad there's a good chance a lot of those people were away from family mm-hmm. because of they the were out and, mm-hmm. yeah trying just trying to live their lives and that's so sad yeah um so rob said that the majority of the killings occurred in the pool and adjacent room once when apartment tenant Joe that we talked about was swimming alone, he was touched behind the neck. Nope. I would have a hard nope. time swimming in nope. that pool. I That would put me off of swimming for the rest of my life. And I freaking love swimming. <laughs> I feel nope. like you need to fill that pool. Like Mm-mm. people were killed in that pool. Yeah. Even I if mean, you put new water in it, I don't know. That's just like not okay with me. Particles, 
that just reminds me we've i think we've already talked about this haven't we the uh, are you afraid of the dark episode with like, yes. the pool yeah. yeah that just reminds me of that i don't know why but like Mm-mm. that that is like the only thing i'm scared of with pools <laughs> still yeah. to this day and like something touching me behind the neck yet yeah, no nope not i okay. feel like if you're gonna swim in a haunted pool bring a buddy like yeah why was he by himself okay but he was the apartment tenant okay i mean yeah, i know why he was by himself people were but murdered like, yeah people were murdered safety first then fun <laughs> okay so hall and his team also detected abnormalities in the pool like a psychic who saw a vision of energy and something that pops up in the corner of hall's eye so he caught like a shadow person interesting Mm-mm. yeah Mm-mm. not in the pool no. <laughs> he said it was 12 30 p.m and we were using an ir so is that like infrared yeah i think so you? infrared camera and heard someone come up behind us i'm skeptical skeptical i am skeptical but that was a little unnerving so that was a quote rob said that he has seen a shadow figure move from right to left in the pump room so it seems like there's a lot of activity in that pool area so yeah i would probably fill that pool up Put a patio a table on somewhere it. Somewhere else if you need to. I don't know. Maybe, Maybe like even a, a hot memorial. tub. Uh-uh. Do a memorial there to like give some peace. And I mean, in your house. Somewhere else. They've got 18 acres. Deal with it. You've got a lot of space. Build out. <laughs> That's true. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you're hurting for room. Figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Even if you put a pool somewhere else, like. Just, yeah, I don't know though because maybe there are bodies underneath the soil. Where? In oh, the 18 just in acres. general in the air. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I meant in the pool area. I was like, no, no. <laughs> I don't think so. But and yeah. then a, that adjacent room that I was talking about—that's the pump room. That's so mm-hmm. all where all the stuff is. Um, Hall said that Fox Hollow Farm is intriguing because of all of the happenings that occurred in one location. He states, this is a quote, the evidence is startling, overwhelming, and disturbing. I get more creeped out in the pool room. Makes me get my radar up. I have trouble being down here by myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I would too. Same. Don't sign me up for that. Graves uh, stated, most places are gone. Few places had this many people killed and are still standing. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I mean, really, there's not a lot of, yeah, that is true. So that's interesting. Maybe, well, I don't know. I still think they should like do something there instead of just leaving at the pool room. Because who's going to get in that pool if people are touching necks in there? Joe. Joe. He did it once and they found out. You think he got back in there? I don't know. It's hard to imagine he got in there the first time. Obviously, he doesn't have great, (laughs) great deduction skills here. No. Okay. So I I watched the trailer for the documentary and it looks actually pretty good. Um, You can find it by searching ghostville.us in your browser and it will redirect you to another site where you, they they have several documentaries. I think there's about five of them with eight hours of content and you can actually download all of them for like five bucks so i didn't buy them but i did watch the trailer and 
So can you rent them for five bucks or buy them for five bucks? It said rent, but I think for like a a long time because it would take me a really long time. To I, watch eight hours that's a good content. question. That's a really good question. And I don't know the answer because typically it's like 24 hours, but that's a lot right. to watch in 24 hours. Well, it's also usually 24 hours after you start uh, the video. So yeah. if it's like five different videos and I just, I don't know. I mean, I'll figure it out for myself because if they look good, I mean, yeah, well, I want to random. Because I know they did oh, Eastern State Penitentiary, I want to say. Um, there were some ones like that are known and you can also just rent the episode that you want to see and it's like 99 cents. So okay. worst case, buy one, watch it and see what you like and then buy the other ones. But Fox Hollow Farm has been on many TV series um, such as Behind Mansion Walls on Investigation Discovery, which comes with Discovery Plus. So I'm going to be checking that out. Yeah, and Sci-Fi's Paranormal Witness. You like that show. Mm-hmm, I do. They have an episode. You've got to search for it. And then it's also been featured on History Channel, A&E, and True TV. And then, of course, our boys, um, Zach Baggins and Aaron, they did Ghost Adventures episode of it, which is where I knew the name from. I kind of bet I've already watched The Paranormal Witness for this. You probably have. Familiar. I have yeah. a terrible short-term memory now. I think my kids like took it as they left my body. Yeah. So that I happens. wonder if I have, I probably have. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the, the ghost adventures is the only reason why, and I had seen ghost adventures episode, but in, I didn't piece them together. Mm-hmm. Like the, the Fox hollow farm and the I 70 killer. I didn't piece those together. So, <clears throat> yeah. but I think it was like season nine and we're on season 25 now. So come me some slack people right it's a lot of things to try to remember can't remember it all but i'm gonna cite my sources um i went to wiki.com ranker.com you are current.com indiestar.com and that ghostville.us where i um looked at the documentary cool and i think I you can it. I think you can find that documentary um, other places too. Like if you search it on IMDb, I think you can buy it off of Amazon if, because the, honestly, the website looks a little sketch. So like, if you're not comfortable putting your credit card information in there, <laughs> search other places um, because I'm pretty sure I, I think I saw it on Amazon, but. Okay. So let us know if you watch it, what you think about it. Did you know about Fox Hollow Farm? bummed it is sad and i hope that eventually in time they can identify all of the victims because that's tough on the families that is and so that means that there's still what at least three families that don't know yep where the people are yeah three families and then well they said that he could even be responsible for 18 total so it's kind of it's hard to tell because we didn't get the chance for him to confess to how many and not not saying that if he would still be alive he would have came clean anyway but yeah it would have given us a better shot right that would have been a possibility whereas now it is not i wonder what state those bones have to be in to not be able to get any like 
DNA evidence off of them to help identify her. I guess maybe it's not available for the missing people. I don't know. Yeah. Cause what has been 40 years. Yeah. Yeah. So wow, there's that's people. Nuts. and then two of the people that are missing, maybe never were reported mm-hmm. even as missing man the world was the wild west back in the day wasn't it i mean nobody it still knew where anybody today, was but yeah i mean it still happens today i'm sure but worse back then it's crazy yep. Very all right we got anything else for fox hollow farm and the i-70 killer i don't think so i like that you included this creepy picture of the pool in our notes thank you for yeah. that enjoy Something that nightmares later yeah think about swimming every time mm. think about that pool nope mm. all right we hope you enjoyed this episode 72 fox hollow farm and the i-70 killer we hope you all have a good week and we will see you next time bye bye